Hello, my name is Cynthia, and welcome to the latest episode of Getting Your Together, a podcast where we discuss what it's like to get it all the way together, or at least attempt to, one day at a time. When I decided to go to AA, I delayed it for as long as possible. My therapist, she wanted me to go probably from the get-go when we started to really crack down and talk about it. For the longest time, I was just say like, you know, I have a problem with alcohol, but I'm not an alcoholic. But so when I finally broke through and started to really look at myself and my drinking and my behavior and my patterns and talk about it, uh, my two best friends really, well, I have three really close friends, one who's actually sober and she's here and she has a background of trauma and so do I. So we've kind of bonded. We bonded instantly when we met. We used to work together. She was my work wife. I still call her that even though we don't want, we no longer work together. But she's sober and has been sober for over a year. I knew I would have her support hands down. So I told them. Even then, I thought that would be enough for me. You know, I had my three closest friends. We could support each other. But even with my one friend who is sober, she just stopped because she was medication and wanted to be more in control. But she didn't really necessarily have an addiction to alcohol like I did. Even at that point when I was telling my friends that I couldn't drink, I think sometimes they were like, really? Like, you know, my one best friend, God bless her, she knew I was, I stopped. But then, you know, right before we go on vacation, she's like, do you ever think you're going to ever drink again? And I was like, nah, not for me, not for a while. But in all fairness to her, I still wasn't honest about my secrets, about the extent of my drinking. And I don't know, really, it's not like something that comes up on the topic of conversation. No one really asks you like, yeah, so you're an alcoholic, right? So what, you know, how bad are you? Can you rank yourself on a scale of one to 10? Like one, it's like, you know, you kind of get, you brown out as they say, and it's always sunny, but then there's 10 pull out blackout. You wake up and you're chained to a hospital bed and with an IV, you know, no one ever really asks you that type of question. You never really have to go really deep into your story. So there's a lot of secrets and things that I just kept to myself about like the extent of my drinking. But I would talk about it in therapy. Finally, my therapist was, I think you really need to be around people that are like you. You need that support from people that understand you from the place you are now. You really just need to go and do this. And I was like, I'm not trying to go to no fucking AA meeting. It's a cult. I don't want to drink coffee. I don't want to sit around a room. I don't want to share. I don't want to read a big book. I don't want, I don't understand this higher power. I don't surrender. What's that about? Fuck that. No, you know, I'm good. You know, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. I got it. So I kind of just put it to the back of my mind. Like, you know, you don't need AA. I would be on different forums on, you know, Reddit. Cause I love Reddit. I went to the stop drinking forum. So I was on there and I would comment and some of that would help. And I would talk to comment on other people's that were struggling, but never really talk about my struggle. You know, it was always easier for me to help others and not necessarily put it on them and not necessarily have to think about my own shit. I'm good over here because I'm helping them. That's kind of like how my mind would work. But you know, I think you just reached this point. And I think after, because for a while I felt really good, gym and the healthy eating and having a clear head probably for the first time consistently in my life, it was all kind of cool. I could see the world differently. It was 
very like i don't know what the fuck to do sometimes but compared to how i was constantly feeling and shaking off a hangover and then drinking to help the hangover get away or drive the hangover away just have another hangover later in the day or at the same day it was a welcome change but then you know reality i think you kind of have like that i think they call it like the pink glow or the pink cloud sobriety when you're just like la 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 life's great my mind is amazing i'm at the gym that's great i have all this energy wow i don't need to drink because who needs to drink life is amazing and then you know reality sets in just like in anything it's like when you're in a new relationship everything's all hunky-dory and you don't see you see each other as like these perfect beings and then you know the reality slips in and you're like you kind of get on my nerves and i kind of want to be around you i don't know how to say it same thing with sobriety at least from what i've experienced it was like it's all hunky-dory and then reality starts seeping in your job. Like when you really have your first real deal, bad sprint at your job. And you're just like, I want to fucking kill somebody. And I want to drink because it would make me feel better, but I can't, or I can drink. But then I know exactly what's going to happen to me. You have to try to play it forward in your head. Like I know where this is going to lead me. I don't need to do this. I'm going to go walk around the block. And then you walk around the block and you're like, that didn't fucking help. I'm going to go to the gym, go to the gym. Okay. I feel a little bit better, but then I'm still kind of amped up. What am I going to do with this energy? How am I going to stop my mind? How am I going to not think and feel and all that bullshit? So yeah, that starts to happen. You know, and when it first starts to kind of creep in, you kind of can push it away because you're still in the pink cloud of sobriety. For me, I think it was probably around like the fourth month mark, maybe in May. I reconnected with my friend from back in the fall and he and I were hanging out again like once a week touch base off and on during the week and it was cool like you know it was the first time I got to really like hang out with him sober and I probably should talk about our stuff one day I probably will just to get it out of my own head so we reconnected and we're hanging out and he has his stuff too with like addiction and all that other all types of other shit you know but that's his story to tell not mine he was going through his thing I'm newly sober And like getting to know him in a different way, sober, Cynthia, and just getting to know people in general at that time. Because you're just like, I don't know how to deal with people. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how I should act around you. I'm hyper aware, hyper focused on boundaries and personal space and what I'm saying. I'm just like, I don't know. And I don't know how to communicate the way that I want to. I'm afraid of things. And I don't know why I'm afraid. I'm anxious. And I don't know why I'm anxious and not just with him, but just in general. But yeah, he definitely kicked up a lot of that stuff for me too. He and I had a misunderstanding, probably brought on from all other types of reasons and it went left. It was just an interesting time. And I remember at the end of it, I was waiting for my Uber. I was like, pissed off, I guess maybe, or maybe I was hurt. I don't know. I think I was hurt. My first initial thought was like, you know, I'm gonna, I want to drink, but I didn't. I got in the Uber. I went home. I got in the bed. I looked at the ceiling and I texted my best friend and she happened to be up. And then she got on the phone and we talked for like an hour, talked about what happened between me and the guy, talked about me, just talked about her, talked about just, you know, so there's that. And then like, I was going to go home and see my dad for Memorial Day. And I have a lot of things there too with my family 
and why I avoid going back home and then work. It was just realizing like all these things are kind of colliding similar to what happened to me when I bottom out at the end of the last year. But this time I was just sober. And I think they call these things like sobering, sober bottoms or bottoms. So I don't know. I'm so bad with terminology and names. I don't know. Not my thing. But anyway, so it kind of all, everything kind of collided. And I, no lie, I have never felt so out of control in my life. I thought I was losing my mind. I was like crying. I, I, for no reason, like I would cry. Like my one friend, she would be concerned about me. The one that's sober here that lives here. She's like, I love you. I want to be in your life. And I want to like, you know, I'm just here for you. Let's see each other. I miss you. I love you. And my other friends and saying all this stuff. And my dad is being nice. Cause my dad's typically nice. He and I have a really kind of loving open ish relationship. And they would just be texting me this shit or G chatting me this shit. Not even saying it to my face. And I would just cry. Boo-hoo, sobbing, crying. I would be at work, have to go sit in one of the conference rooms by myself all day because I would just sporadically burst out into tears. Could still function. Like, I didn't feel like I was, like, depressed because I was depressed for a period of time. And it's like, I could still function, like, shower. I could eat someone. I could go on about my day. But it was just like, I was just emotionally and mentally a wreck. And I just didn't know... And I would go to therapy, cry in therapy like the entire time. My therapist was even like, you need to start coming like twice a week. I know you don't want to do that because I know you don't probably want to come once a week and talk about yourself, but I think you really need that support right now. And then she brought up like, I think you need to really go and try this AA thing. And I was like, oh, let me look into it. So I did. I did like, there's um sober AA meetings um online. So I did that first. I went to like sober chat. Do the AA meetings there, see how I felt about it. And it was actually pretty cool, interesting. I still actually go and do some of them from time to time if I don't think I, I'm not up to going to a face-to-face. Or even if I do go to a face-to-face, sometimes I'll still come home, I'm around if I'm up, and I'll do like one of their late night meetings and things like that. So I started there. And then I would research the different meetings that are all over Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens and all over the place. And then I was like, okay. So I kind of identified the ones I want to try. And then I had them up on my on my phone. Like I still actually have the website up on my phone. There's an app apparently. I am not so cool to put the app. I don't know how I feel about putting the app on my phone yet. It's really weird. It's like how your mind works about stupid shit like that. You know, um, I probably should just put it on there and just stop lying to myself. I earmarked or bookmarked the meetings I would be interested in. And then I just would say, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go this week. Never go. I'm going to go this day. Never went. I think it was just hard for me to really come to terms with the fact that that's something that I needed. I thought, well, I have my friends. I could talk to them about it. But I was also getting really irritated with my friends because, and I didn't understand where that was coming from either. Because it's like, why am I getting irritated? They just want to, they're supportive. They listen. But I think it was sort of just like, they don't understand, you know, friend who had a falling out with. He understood in a way because of his own stuff that he's going through. So like, I didn't feel like I had to super explain myself if I was like craving and I kind of really missed that and I missed him. So there was that too, because, you know, normally if I'm triggered by one thing, I would just start drinking and, and just keep drinking. Even hopefully one day that I didn't feel so shitty about it, still keep drinking. But then the pain I felt would, it was numbing itself. So, or I was pushing it down enough with alcohol that didn't really matter. Of course, that's bullshit because it's all still there waiting for you and it pops back up. And it did on me. I thought, well, I'm just going to be sober and that's it. 
I didn't think, oh, I'm going to have to really deal with some shit. Yeah, so I was forced to clean it out. Still a process. I came back to Brooklyn, and I think that week I went to my first meeting. It was a feelings meeting, and I thought it was the name of the group, but it was actually a feelings meeting where you just come and talk about your feelings for like an hour and a half. And I was like, shit, I didn't know that this is what this was. I don't know if I would have went, but I ended up going, stayed the entire time, cried the entire time, didn't say a word, sat there with my arms crossed and just tears pouring down my face. And I thought I was just like in the cut so no one would see me. But no, some um, an older gentleman ended up walking by and handing me like napkins. And then when they closed the meeting, the chair woman came up to me. She was like, you know, come in, come back. We'll love up on you until you can love yourself. And, you know, say what you have to say. Get it all out here. That's the only way you're going to heal. Like all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. So intense. But like stuff I needed to hear at the same time. It's like, it was so weird and trippy. So yeah. I've been trying to go to at least three face-to-face meetings a week. I'm trying different ones. I'm just feeling it all out, man. I know about the steps. I, I'll probably do the steps one day just to do, just because I think it will probably help me define some more things for myself. I'm not sure if I'll always be an AA. I don't know. I think you should always do what works best for you. There's par- certain parts of AA that I'm like, eh, I don't know. But I'm also never been one to be part of groups and have group think and things. So I know I'm part of me is rebelling against that, but I'm still showing up in the rooms. I'm still being in the space. I'm still listening. I'm still learning and still practicing. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I've learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about my other people. And I think it's even though hearing other people's stories and struggles, it may be different from my story and my struggle. We all have problems with alcohol. So or addiction. So we're all kind of in it together. So that's kind of oddly welcoming or warming to me. I've done a meditation meeting. I've done a big book. I've done speaker. Certain ones of like feeling too culty for me. So I was like, ah, nah, I'm good. But you know what they say is like, you just, you're supposed to shop around. Like I tell everybody, like I tell my best friend, like a therapist, like you shop around until you find one that works for you. And then once you do, kind of just stick with it until it no longer works for you. And then you go on about your merry way. But there's a lot about A that I don't know. And how I want it to fit into my life, I'm still trying to define it. And I'm okay with that. Usually I'm like, this is how something has to be in my life. This is how it has to fit. And now I'm trying to be like a little bit more nebulous. I don't know. But I know that's something that I need right now. I need some support outside of people that I know I need to do this for me, clean out all this shit, just be open and honest. And it's all been very enlightening and humbling and we shall see how it goes so far. But I'm happy that I went. I'm happy that I tried it because it's something that I would never have done six months ago or a year ago. If you feel like that's not for you and that's totally fine, there's so many different things. There's so many other options out there. I do say that when you're getting sober, it is nice to kind of have like that type of foundation or support. But I do urge if you decide to go down that road, there's the online option. And then there's all different types of groups out there. So you don't have to feel pressured to be at one. You should have feel pressured anyway. And you should just find the type of vibe that you want and then roll with it. You won't be disappointed. And I think that's going to be my episode for the day. 
as usual, thank you for listening. And I hope to welcome you back next week. Take care. Bye.